this episode of the Stance Podcast, we're joined by Mr. Cartoon and Estevan Oriel. Erica, can you provide us with a little context? So Mr. Cartoon is a legendary graffiti artist and tattoo artist from L.A., and Estevan Oriel is a famed L.A. street photographer, and these two guys met 25 years ago and have traveled the world and have been through a lot of crazy stuff together. Uh, they've been to hell and back, basically. And on this first episode of Two, it's Mr. Cartoon's story of the first time he went to L.A. County Jail. From our remote studio in downtown L.A. at the Nice Kicks offices, this is the craziest day of Mr. Cartoon's life. We are here for the Stance Podcast. We're actually in downtown L.A., so we've done two now that are not in San Clemente. It's been fun on the road with you, Hava, and today... I am with Hava Fernandez, my co-host. I'm Erica Yeri, and uh, we are doing Craziest Day of My Life yet again, but this time we have Mr. Cartoon yeah. and Estevan Oriel. Yeah. How's What's it going, up? guys? That's right. Good. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for being with us. This is going to be fun. I'm excited to hear your stories, and as is Hava. Yeah, and so like, like the other podcast we've been doing, the subject today is the craziest day of my life, and I'm sure you two guys, being this the 25th anniversary here at Nice Kicks in downtown Los Angeles, you guys have had... Sounds like 25 years of potentially crazy days that could have piled up. Yeah. And we're here to hear just about a couple of them that might stand out to you guys. Yeah. So whatever way you guys want to do it, if you want to start, uh, Tune, yeah. as Tune, because we're, yeah. we're on the nickname basis sure. now. I like that. That's right. Um, not so formal, <laughs> you know. Uh, that's a good topic, you know. I, I've had a bunch of those. Uh, some of them I probably won't mention. I don't want to scare the kids, you know. Um, <laughs> But I think probably the craziest day of my life was the uh, first time in the L.A. County Jail. Um, that might okay. be the worst day. Maybe is this called the worst? No, it's... Yeah, the worst day can be the craziest day. <laughs> Crazy can mean a lot of yeah. things. I immediately think about um, it was around Christmas time. And um, in the 90s, low-riding cars was illegal. Well, it's been illegal since the 70s, right? But they went extra hard on the 90s because... There was a lot of uh, car shows and shootings at car shows and um, a lot of gang violence. Most of the guys showing their cars are the brothers and cousins of, of gangbangers, you know? To build a lowrider takes patience, it takes focus, it takes follow-through, it takes money. So uh, we would go together and showcase our cars at car shows, and a lot of times uh, there'd be fights or something really nutty happen. And only in lowriding... Does that really happen? Like We are the low brow of the lowest brow. We're below the primer bombs and the uh, rockabilly guys. We're underneath those guys for sure. And they're considered the low brow, you know? But basically, uh, the uh, LAPD sheriffs hated low riders. So when I would get pulled over, they would give me a ticket for having juice in my car for hydraulic setup in my car and it's a movie violation, and they'd write me a ticket, and to take it out is probably about $1,000 to restore the car back to, you know, spec. So you'd get pulled over even if you weren't using the system at all, right. just because you had it in the car? They know what a lowrider looks like. These guys are mainly dinosaurs. They were old-school uh, cops that probably on their way out. The new hip-hop cops of today, they want to take a selfie with the lowrider. Yeah. <laughs> they love it. Because they, they were raised with hip-hop. Anyways, I got a couple of these tickets, but this is probably the first one. 
I did what any other responsible person would do. I threw the ticket out the window. You know, fuck the police.com. Did, did you rip it first? Or? Of course. I yes. had to rip it. Yeah. Threw it out, and all my friends went, yeah, you're badass, Holmes. You kick ass. Fuck the government. And I took off into the sunset. Probably about three, four months later, that turned into a bench warrant. So a bench warrant means they immediately take you to jail and then question you there. Driving on a suspended license gives you a couple weeks in the L.A. County. I was probably about, I don't know, 22 or something. And um, the police officer looks at your thing and goes, I don't remember if they had some old school computer in the, in the car. He just looks over his shoulder and goes, son, you're going to the county. <laughs> and you just get kind of like, Boom. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So kind of what's going through your mind at this point? I could just remember my homeboys going, hey, Holmes, if you ever hit the county, shut up, don't say anything, and just draw. And you'll be all right. So I just stuck to, to these guys' uh, guidance, you know? And I could just remember uh, driving there, and then you, you go beyond the gates, and then they drive you into a certain part of the jail, and you can hear the noise already, people yelling and people arguing. You go in there, and it's thousands of people. They're getting processed. Some of them are... Uh, you know, half the place are gangsters. The other half are just Joe Blows that got DUIs and uh, bums are in their shower hitting the bums with hoses and getting the uh, the grime and the, the, the craziness off of them. And, uh, Do they make you go into the showers right when you get there too? They hose you down too? Pretty much, yeah. Everyone gets hosed down. Okay, so it's not just a thing in the movies, got it? You actually get hosed down. Yeah, because there's so many homeless people in there that... They gotta rinse them off, you know. People been up for a few days, I imagine, or not good at uh, bathing. But we hit it, you know. And they take your clothes away, and and you're just in another world. You're in the concrete L.A. County Jail right there, you know. And that's probably one thing that we do good is like make corrupt, terrible jails in California. Anyways, that was one of the craziest times. I was able to finagle a little job in there, and I would do the sheriff stars on the doors and. I got out of, like, you got to wake up and do laundry. You got to wake up and do all the stuff once you hit Wayside, you know, which is a, the bigger part of the county jail that's up by Magic Mountain in Valencia. Yeah, so I didn't really dig it. I didn't dig the food, you know. Uh, nah, I mean, my, so a lot of my friends have made careers out of it. You know, they started going to the youth authority as kids. But it's kind of weird that our artwork form came out of that. You know what I mean? The homies with a lot of time on their hands put together this whole concept. Probably in the, in the I'd say the late 70s, I, you started seeing it uh, of this romantic collage of characters. You have the beautiful woman and her hair goes off and it turns into a clock and the clock's turning and the hands come off and it drips down, the ink drips off the needle and goes into a puddle and that goes into a rose and... It was like these nutty collages, and I started to see envelopes come out of the L.A. County Jail and out of the prisons up north, and we would kind of emulate it, you know what I mean? We were in our classes, we were in high school, and we are trying to draw like them, and trying to draw rows and script lettering and old English, and kind of taking these icons we had seen on, on our friends and family, older guys' arms, you know? That's kind of the beautiful part of the madness of the street, you know. Um, 
is this art form that's in black and gray and it has a lot of oldie songs in it and the titles kind of tell the stories of the artwork, you know? Tears of a Clown, I'm Not Your Puppet, you know, a lot of songs about love, they're ballads, love ballads, sung mainly in the East Coast, in Philadelphia and Detroit, New York, where there's a lot of these doo-wop groups that they just had a formula. Some of them from the West Coast, but majority on the East. And this classic soul style music was born, you know? Uh, Motown had a, a great formula. So they, they put out a lot, but a lot of that connects to our artwork, connects to doing time, connects to lowriders. And now we're here kind of celebrating us doing this art form, but trying to take it different places, take it to Europe, take it into Asia, South America, wherever we're at, we, we take it with us. And if you don't mind me asking, how long was it until you were out in that first stop in LA County? Oh, I just short-timed it. I did like a month in there. How did that month feel compared to just kind of a normal month, just in terms of how long that time felt? by comparison. Of course, it felt like forever, but I had to be very, very careful not to complain about it. Because the last thing that some guys want to hear that I got to go do 10 years is you complaining about your month. So someone told me, man, or I heard someone telling someone else, hey man, don't complain about your short time in here because you get beat up just for that. It was best to keep your mouth shut and uh, try to just uh, help the fellas out and share your shit. And um, it was an experience, man. It was one of the craziest times of my life that you never forget. You see everyone together, kind of, uh, that's where you know that anybody can be in jail. Anybody. There's a lot of judgmental people that have opinions about that, but you see soccer moms in there and people that have money and they just, they kind of cut drinking and driving will throw anybody in jail and they throw you in with everybody till they figure it out. You're in there for a couple of days till they go, oh, you're a square, you go over here. Here, you, you're a career criminal, you go over there, blah, blah, blah. Did you make any friends in there? Anyone you keep in touch with? Actually, this one guy, and um, when I got married to my wife, her best friend, that was her husband. No. So when I, when I seen him, you know, 20-something years later, he's like, hey, what's up, homie? You remember <laughs> me? I was like, no. Nah. He's like, we were in the cell together in the county and this, that. And I was like, man. <laughs> A lot of guys that do time, they have great memories and they can remember where they met you, what neighborhood you're from, everything about you, you know? You, you probably have gotten a ton of mail from jail, no? Sure, that's always, yeah. Constant? Yeah. Have you, have you uh, spotted any really good art and stuff like that? Because people probably send you art since you're yeah. probably a hero to these people too. I mean, there's some phenomenal artists in the system, you know, they, uh, they'll never see the light of day. No one will really be able to appreciate their artwork, you know? But uh, they probably got caught up doing something drug-related as a kid, and just our country incarcerates people for that and throws them under the jail for weed and all that type of shit. I mean, there's people doing time for weed right now, you know? Yeah. But uh, now it's legal. So it's, you know, I think a lot of uh, people are re-looking at it, and, and hopefully they make some changes for all the fellas that are are stuck in there for, and don't deserve it, you know? So I think we got it bad in that we incarcerate more people than any other country in the world, you know? So did you learn your lesson on ripping up tickets, throwing them out the window, is it? Unfortunately, I went back a couple other times for something similar, you know, and uh, that was just being a kid, being uh, an artist, you know, not good at, uh, but I didn't have any kids and I had really nowhere else to be. So, I mean, it's no fun being in there on Christmas and shit like that. Now it'd be bad. You know what I mean? Well, it's really awesome that you're able to take that experience and apply it to your art and really kind of take something good out of that. 
in the end. Yeah, I mean, it's something that everyone should do, you know, and it's kind of <laughs> like a, a boot camp, fit boot camp, you know what I mean? Uh, it's good for people to see that. I can't, I can't say the thought hasn't crossed my mind. Just do something and just be like, let's just get the experience out of the way, but well, probably I'm, not a great idea. <laughs> I'm obsessed on this TV show called 60 Days In. Oh. Where these people actually volunteer to go in and, and 60 get days. busted for 60 days. And they're going into the county where all the action happens. I hear that the L.A. County is the worst in the United States. And then once they get to a prison, it actually you can program and you could go to your job and you know how much time you got and you kind of mellow out. Where the county, everyone's pissed. They're missing their birthday, the holidays. They're fresh off the street. It's bad, you know? Was that 30 days the longest time you had to spend? Yeah, I don't think... I would always just do a couple of weeks. Yeah. I get a lot of those uh, driving on suspended licenses, man. I just <laughs> couldn't... I had a fancy lowrider and no driver's license, you know? So I had my priorities uh, a little messed up. Parking tickets, they'll do that too. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, I yeah. know they'll put the boot. I've seen the boot on their car, but... Yeah, parking tickets still suspend your license, too. So you just go to jail for parking tickets. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, me and... I was thinking about when you asked me some other times that were crazy, and it was, I think, when me and Esteban, like, going to Japan, showing up in Japan, and um, I remember we're sitting in a restaurant, and these Japanese guys... Oh, he's half Japanese, half uh, Brazilian, Right. Brazil has the second biggest Japanese population. So there's all these half Brazilian kids that are Japanese. It's crazy. And um, one of them comes in, and we're with these tattoo shop guys. They're all Brazilian kids living out in Tokyo. And he goes, hey, man, there's 40 bloods out front saying that, you know, we're gonna, everyone's going to get effed up up here. And we're like, what? We're in Tokyo, you know? So yeah. we go downstairs, and... There was fucking 40 bloods out there and shit. It was 40 guys dressed in red. With, and they were all Japanese kids. They had, you know, corn rolls and jerry curls. And, man, they were all blooded. I had baseball bats. I mean, it looked like the Warriors, you know? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And we, me and this guy look at each other and we're like, what? We're going to get beat up in Tokyo, God. It's like one of the safest places in the world, you know? There was this Japanese kid with us. And they start yelling at him in Japanese. Dame! And they go, oh, 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 They think we were taking pictures with them. <laughs> you know, they, she told them, hey, this is cartoon, you idiots, you know? Yeah. And after you told them that, then they kind of were like, oh, man, oh, cool. And we take pictures, oh, that's Esteban. And they knew all about him. And we were on the other side of the world, man. And these guys look like LA gang members. Then they thought they, they wanted to show off for us and, and jump one of their guys into the, quote him, into the hood. So he, this poor kid got a beating, you know? And uh, he's filming everything, you know? He's filming all this stuff. And just kind of everywhere we would go in the world, man, we meet the tattoo shop people. We meet, try to stay away from the organized crime in those places because they're sensitive. You don't want to offend them, you know? But sure enough... Oh, you got to meet my friend. Oh, man, you know? So, yeah, we see a lot of action, you know? Do you know why they were there, all those bloods showed up? Like, was there a backstory behind that? I think the backstory, correct me, Stefan, if I'm wrong, but they just heard fools from L.A. were there. I'm sure they don't have too many people to gangbang against in that part of Japan, you know? They usually just all sit around and smoke cigarettes together and drink, you know, beer. 
But once the Yakuza sees them doing that stuff, we see them the next time. They got a suit on. They're opening up the door for the car. They recruit them into the Yakuza. All the kids that like, are real, like the harder ones, you know? Because the rest are just actually doing it for dress-up, man. They, they don't mean no harm to nobody. They just love the style, and they're like, damn, these, these Crips look cool. You know, I'm going to mimic that look. And they go in the tanning bed, and there's a lady out there that knows how to do the, the braids a certain way, and they sag their pants, they watch all this shit, and they get pretty good at it, man. You know, you double take, and like, oh, I flew got a jerry curl, and he's like 80s styled out. You know, like really detailed. Now I'm thinking about like the bad music video in the parking garage, just like dudes with knives, like jerry curls, leather jackets. It's unbelievable when there's like hundreds of them, you know yeah, what I'm that's saying? You're just like, and they got beautiful lowriders, man. I mean, they don't play when it comes to lowriding. I mean, I think they serve a lot of the states here in California. I mean, the states here in the U.S. to give them run for their money, you know? Yeah. So when it comes to lowriding, they don't play. So they'll have a badass 63 rag, chrome undercarriage, motor, patterned, everything L.A. style, down to the, to the rim and the knockoff. Like. And then dude will just have orange peroxide hair and look real crazy, man. Like a little dog and shit or something to throw it off. And it's like, <laughs> man, he almost had it, man. Yeah, he was so he got close. fucking close, you know? Super close. That car's bad. I'm actually yeah. fucking jealous that he owns that car. Yeah. And uh, they seem to have a big motorcycle culture and, and shoe I culture, didn't know about vinyl. Yeah. yeah, all of it. We would go see all of them, man. We'd love to, you know, they're all the different. They, they have food. They, they know how to make some probably Italian food. I like the Italian food there better than Italy, to be honest. <laughs> they just OD on it and, and obsess and make it the best, you know? Yeah. They're, they're, uh, they're definitely dedicated to what they do. But I'm interested in, like, what's his craziest yeah, day? I, I, there's I, a lot to choose from, you know? It'd be awesome to hear from you. Do you have any photos from that situation? Do you, Which one? Uh, from the Japan situation. Yeah, like a coffee table book. Oh, okay. Full. But um, oh, you just have to get a designer and a budget. And we, we haven't even released it. He's just sitting on oh. so many, so much raw footage, man. Oh, yeah. I would love to see that. Yeah, we have a lot of photos of it. The whole time I've known him was starting in 1992 till now. I probably started taking pictures seriously, like around 1994. So everything that we've done together and separately, I've taken photos of or fi and filmed most of it. And um, we're working on a documentary now. It was originally just going to be of him, and we were going to call it Ink back in the day and then uh, we got approached by all those tv shows when reality shows came out like the first one was cops i think and then the second one they wanted to do on us it was called you know they wanted to call it ink but we thought you know we'll just wait and do like a real movie because we like you know we like films you know so we turned those down and then they came out with miami Inc., new york ink um Every single ink. Iowa <laughs> ink, yeah. Texas ink, you know, they, they came out with every kind of ink. So we just deaded that name and got a movie deal with Brian Grazer. And we have a movie coming out next week called Low Riders. We executive produced and consulted on it. And then um, they gave us back the rights to the documentary. So now 
we're working on it again and we're gonna add all that japanese footage in there and try to release a book around the same time so that they come out together nice that's awesome very cool that's it for this episode of the Stance Podcast, and this is a two-part episode, so make sure you check out part two to hear the craziest day of Estevan Oriel's life, and don't forget to subscribe so you know when we are posting more episodes, and you can follow Mr. Cartoon at Mr. C. Tunes on Instagram. Make sure you check out stance.com slash podcast for more episodes and info, and thank you for listening.